This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Bob Comsick. And good afternoon. All eyes and ears are on Queen's Park, one party in particular and one person, especially these days. And uh, promised to get to the latest on the Tories as MPPs got back to their desk-thumping business this morning. First, though, we'd like to tee up what's happening tomorrow. CARP's National Day of Action to Protect Pensioners. Concerned Canadians, advocacy groups across this country, such as CARP, are going to be gathering at almost 100 Liberal MPs' offices to present a petition to support priority for pensioners. Maybe you're a pensioner and you have a rather unique story. If so, here are the numbers to call. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Now, while many of the Day of Action events will be happening tomorrow to accommodate politician schedule some of these meetings happening today and others later in the week joining us in studio right now is marissa samq director of policy government relations with carp and welcome happy to be here Okay, so tell us, how long has this been in the making? Oh, the campaign itself? Well, you know what? When we determined that this would be a priority for us, this was about probably eight months ago, and we were under no illusions that we would be able to make change immediately because, of course, any change that happens in Ottawa takes time. Uh, But when we, you know, initially started uh, our advocacy campaign, we just continued to hear from our members. We couldn't believe how many folks this resonated with and how many people were We're so deeply impacted in the pocketbook um, by a lack of protection for pensioners. And so uh, about a few months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, we decided we were going to start a grassroots campaign. And together with uh, the Canadian Federation of Pensioners, the Canadian Labour Congress and LEAD Now, we've each engaged our respective members um, to go to their MP offices and demand that they make pension protection a priority. To date, we have nearly 2,000 volunteers across the country in every province. Um, And there are over, I mean, close to, I think, 70 uh, meetings confirmed at this point with MPs, which is pretty impressive. And that number continues to climb. So as you said, meetings are happening today, tomorrow, uh, uh, really over the course of the next week. um, And we hope that we'll be able to get the ear of these politicians and make some change. And who knows, maybe these meetings end up leading to subsequent ones, which could maybe lead to some change. And of course, that's what the the bottom line is here. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned as far as how many volunteers, how many MPs offices, how many signatures do you have up to this point uh, on the petition? Nearly 30,000 signatures. So a really impressive number. I, I can't, we, we really have just been astonished by how many people are engaged by this campaign. Um, so it's it's been a joy to, to work on it and to just continue to hear some of these stories, which truly are heartbreaking. Now, as far as 
when you were saying you people with CARP decided to kind of take the ball and run with it, a little bit of the chicken and the egg, or, or maybe you can clarify this, was it more so the, the members that wanted to see CARP and other groups do something, or was it the feeling that uh, CARP and other organizations were getting saying, let's take this ball and run with it. So which which was it? You know, it's a good question. And CARP was a little bit late to this fight, I should say. The Canadian Federation of Pensioners has really been on this for some time. Um, this is their number one mandate, as far as I understand. Uh, but... Uh, CARP, we don't act without a mandate from our members. We go to them every time we decide to take on an advocacy issue and we pull them on it and we survey them. And we ask them, is this something that you want from us? So we understood that this would be important to our members. We asked them about it and they gave us a big green light to go ahead. Okay, uh, Marissa, we've got uh, one of those partnering with you at CARP, Mike Powell of Genmo, a group dedicated to uh, promoting the protection of the pensions, benefits, other common interests of GMC, salaried pension plan members. And we would like to welcome uh, Mike Powell to the show. Welcome. Well, thank you. Uh, good afternoon, and thanks for having me on. Uh, I just want to point out as well, I'm also the uh, president of the Canadian Federation Pensioners. Okay, very good. And my apologies for uh, for missing that point. It's a, an important one, Mike. Uh, okay, sorry, you've probably being with GM. Um, you're you're going to hear a, a pun that you've no doubt uh, heard. If you haven't heard it uh, once, you've heard it a thousand times. But were you a driving force behind this uh, effort along with CARP? Yes, um, we we have been fighting for uh, pension protection for a number of years, uh, very diligently since the last election, but even before that, meeting with MPs, meeting with bureaucrats, uh, looking at issues both federally, which this is, the insolvency uh, regulations, as well as in the uh, independent jurisdictions, like the provinces that regulate pensions. So we've been fighting this battle for quite a while. Okay, and uh, if anyone's listening out there, the numbers to call if you have a question for Marissa, if you have a question for Mike Powell uh, concerning uh, pensions, the number 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Marissa, quick question for you. We'll get to Mike. Why do CARP and the other groups, and such as uh, Mike's, uh, what do you hope? come out of these meetings and gatherings seems pretty obvious but no and it's a very good question and i and i do just want to add to um to your question about how long you, we've been fighting for this Pension protection has been an issue for CARP for a very long time, um, even back when Nortel was happening. Oh. You know, so while the impetus for our most recent advocacy Sears. campaign was Sears, uh, this has been a priority for CARP for some time. Now, what we're asking for is super priority for pensioners. That means putting them ahead of creditors like banks and bondholders, because too often creditors are rather pensioners are given the short end of the stick when it comes to bankruptcy and it's not right. It's Sears pensioners are looking at over a 20% haircut on their pension. Well, imagine your employer came to you and said, I'm going to cut your salary this year by 20%. What would that do to your financial security? You what bank it on to- it. Probably yeah. doesn't, you know, that probably wouldn't sit very well with no. you. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the pensioner, you know, pensioners don't oft, often, as many of them, uh, they're retired, so they don't have the capacity to necessarily enter back into the workforce and make up that um, that difference. Mike Powell, anything to add there? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I would. And the uh, Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, just in December, uh, they released a study that clearly demonstrated that uh, Canadian companies have the capacity to fully fund their pensions. 
they choose not to because the law doesn't require them to. So uh, one of the arguments we, we get quite a bit is that this is, if you, if you uh, made this change, the insolvency law, it would place too great a burden on companies. Uh, that uh, study called the lion's share clearly shows that that's not an issue in Canada. Okay, uh, if you both will uh, just stand by here, we have Bruce uh, from Toronto who's joining us. Bruce, welcome, and what's your question and for who? Um, well, my, my question is fairly straightforward. This does not refer to me. I do not have a pension. I have RSP savings. Uh, my wife, however, has a defined pension, which is quite a uh, defined benefit pension. But what I don't understand is how retroactively people can lose their pension or have their pension reduced. So, like, what has the government been doing that would allow Sears workers to lose their pensions? They have made life decisions. I mean, my wife stuck with her company because of the pension for a number of years. Had there been a possibility that she would lose that pension or that it could go, you know, it could be reduced, she might have made different decisions. We might have put more, we would have had a, an ability to put more money in RSPs. What have the Liberals been doing? They've been in power for 100 years in this country. And yet, stockholders, I guess, are, they get the first kick at the can. And the Sears workers, I mean, what do you do if you're laid off at 63 and your pension's gone? Uh, Bruce and Mike will let ladies go first. Marissa? <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, you hit the nail on the head, and it, that's the situation that pensioners find themselves in, and it's really, I mean, I, I was dumbfounded when I realized just, just how serious the situation is. But the truth is, pensioners are exposed. First, companies aren't funding their pension commitments, as Mike was just talking about. These pensions are underfunded, and that's legal for them to do. I mean, no one's breaking the law. So when a company goes bankrupt, there isn't enough money set aside to keep pensions whole. And then when the companies do go bankrupt, pensioners are at the back of the line so that the assets that are available to them go to, as you say, you know, the secured creditors, the bankers, the bondholders, not to make up for pension underfunding. Now, it seems like the the governing party at the time never wants to take a stand on this issue. But even Michael Ignatieff, a few years back, said we need to amend the bankruptcy laws to make a change. The conservatives have been vocal about this, um, just not when they're in power. Well, it's always easy when you're on the opposition side, right? Because your job is to criticize. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to deliver. And I would like to point out, uh, when we talk about the, the scale and scope of the issue, some, some, somewhere near 80% of private defined benefit pension plans in Canada are underfunded. Wow. Now, so, so what are the Liberals doing? Like, how do they, they say they stand up for the middle class? What we see is that they're not doing anything, uh, well, frankly. I mean, what, what we've seen is the usual, uh, they will link up, um, in this case, because Sears is, is going on right now, they will link up the Sears pensioners with the appropriate government services, which in our view is the wrong answer because that just puts more burden on the taxpayer when in reality the company should be held accountable for their commitments. And in Davos, Justin Trudeau suggested that pensioners rely on EI and CPP. So, you know, we were really disappointed with that, with that response. Well, that's poverty. I mean, that's, if that's your reliance, then you basically went from having a, a pension after... 30, 40 years of working for the retailer, and the promise for the country has been that you'll live out your days in poverty. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and it's even worse than that when you, when you look at the way the Income Tax Act works, 
if you had a private defined benefit pension plan like the Sears people did, um, you, your ability to, to take full advantage of the RRSP was not there. Mm-hmm. You had a limited ceiling on how much money you could put into an RRSP because the government said, your pension is so valuable, you aren't entitled to the full amount. So why wouldn't there be a legal remedy to that, that you could come back and say, well, you know, you mis- the government miscalculated my pension, uh, therefore the space, because that would actually help out. I mean, honestly, if, if that were to happen, and I say my wife's pension were to, you know, get cut in half, um, you know, for whatever reason, if she could have that space returned to her, we could sell the house and put the money into the RSP and presumably get that tax savings in the short well, period you, of time before yeah. rifts kick in. You, you could, although the, the, the way RSPs work, obviously, is that by putting money in and leaving it in there for years and years and years and getting the advantage, right? And, and unfortunately, in, in Canadian law, there is there's no legal recourse to go after a government because they pass bad legislation, unless you can unless it can be deemed a rights issue, like a human rights issue or a charter rights issue. So we're kind of stuck with the bad legislation until we get the government to change it. And that's what we're trying to do now, is to bring enough pressure on the government that they actually step up this time and change the legislation. Because as Marissa said, no one is breaking the law, yet the pensioners are still getting short end of the stick over and over and over again. Okay, uh, Bruce from Toronto, thank you. Hopefully that answers some of your questions. We'll let you go now. And we've got uh, Dave from Brampton, who's on the line with a question. Well, I know. I don't have a question. I have a comment. To me, the companies should not hold the pension. It should be done like OMERS or the teachers' union pension. They are paid out of the company. Therefore, if the company goes bankrupt, the pension's still there. Mike? And that makes sense to me. The way they're doing it now is ridiculous. Well, the the pension is isolated. The pension issue is very complex, but um, the problem isn't that the companies are taking money out of the pension. The problem is they're not putting enough in. Well, then they should be put in the right amount. Separate. Then they still wouldn't be putting enough money in. And there's all sorts of reasons for that. 2008, 2009 is probably the best example because companies, some companies went from having a very well-funded pension to being a billion dollars short overnight. And mm-hmm. there isn't a, a government in the country that's going to say, we're going to insist that you make that whole right away. They're not mm-hmm. going to force these companies to write a billion-dollar check. They give them five or ten years to put it in to, to come back up to 100%. Right. But as we've seen, 80% of the pensions are underfunded in large part because it's to the advantage of the company to have an underfunded pension as long as it's legal. I would so also add, This is Dave, why we're focused on the super priority because that is where all the, all the ducks settle at the end in insolvency. And if we can get the protection in insolvency, then these other um, aspects that allow flexibility can still exist in the system. I would also add, Dave, we are where we are. You know, these defined benefit pensions have been in place for some time. And now, as a result, there's 1.3 million Canadians in corporate defined benefit pensions. So we can't change the structure now. We just want to protect those. Because defined benefit p- plans are a thing of, a, of the past. Most companies don't offer them anymore. So mm-hmm. we just want to protect the 1.3 million Canadians who are uh, either retired or close to retiring with defined benefit pensions uh, in order to, you know, guarantee they have financial security in retirement. Right. 
Okay, Dave from Brampton, thank you for thank your you. call and your comments. Thank you so yeah. much. And uh, Mike Powell, thank you so much, and uh, good luck with tomorrow. And something tells me that Libby's number is going to have you back uh, at some point in the foreseeable future on this topic. This is not going away. It hasn't gone away, and it's not going to. Well, thank you for having me. Okay. And when we come back on Fight Back here on Zoomer Radio, Bob Comsick in for Libby's Nimer, we will hear a pensioner's story. Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Bob Comsick. And welcome back as preparations continue for CARP's National Day of Attention to Protect Pensioners. Let's hear from someone directly affected. And on the line joining us now is Lauren Stewart, 74-year-old retiree of Sears Canada who worked for and contributed to the retailer's pension plan for 34 years. Mr. Stewart, good afternoon. Good afternoon. The reason for you taking, uh, I guess, part in the day of, of, of action, uh, it I think would be pretty much become self-explanatory once you describe your situation. So without further ado, if you would. Well, in my case, um, I support five people on a Sears pension. So I have a wife, I have a son, and I have two indigenous grandsons, one of which has autism. So that autistic grandson is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week project. Uh, we have received zero from the Ontario government as far as autism. My wife and I have spent close to $150,000 trying to, working with him through school at, at an autistic school called Missing Links and through b- behavioral therapy. Um, I, my wife, uh, as an example, I'm selling my house, a five-bedroom house, because they live with us for 10 years. I'm selling my house. I'm taking a $40,000 haircut because of the stress tests. Um, it, it has a great impact on me because as of October the 1st, I lost my me- medical benefits. I as of October the 31st, I lost a $50,000 life insurance policy. And on top of that, my prescription bills were $10,000 last year. So I have, as an example, three drugs, uh, one for back pain, two for migraines, uh, not covered by the Ontario drug plan. So I'm begging my doctor to see if I can get special dispensation, uh, that's just an example of how it has affected me. So if anyone out there listening is thinking that they're having a bad day, um, maybe uh, recalibrate there a little bit. And just after after hearing uh, Lauren Stewart's uh, story here, what are you hoping comes of this? And do you have any hope that things are going to be able to turn around before it seems like you, you've got to almost empty your pockets just to try well, to survive. It becomes a choice of eating or taking prescriptions. Um, but let me, let me go back. First of all, the Liberal Party has sent, because we, we have, have to deal with the bankruptcy law, which is federal, and because Sears Canada was domiciled in Toronto, the pension fund is controlled by the Ontario government or FESCO. Okay, so let me tell you that for two years in advance, they knew Sears was insolvent. 
So a company can be either ongoing, insolvency, or bankrupt. So I'm saying the Sears Retirement Group has made presentations to Nevitt Baines. I personally made the same presentation to Karina Gold. Um, and, you know, I'm just saying to you, we have received nothing from the Liberal Party. It's zero. So as an example to you, and I'm not, I'm only speaking as myself, not as I'm not a director on the Sears Canada Retirement Group, but I am a member. Um, but as I give you an example, we have written Kathleen Wynne twice, asking her to, to speak with us. Uh, we're asking that they improve the Ontario Pension Guarantee Fund. So as an example, I will probably lose 20% of my pension come June, July. Um, then there is another fund called the Ontario Pension Guaranteed Fund, which might give me 30 cents on the dollar. We have also asked them, as, a, as an example, there was a precedence that the Ontario government bailed out Stelco's pension plan. Then we say, why not Sears? And a third one, we're trying, there's a possibility that Sears Canada's pension fund could amalgamate with another pension fund and soften the blow. If, as an example, the court rules against us as in the bankruptcy laws as far as secured status. So as an example, the lawyers for Sears Canada uh, retiring group is Koski Minsky, and they are arguing that we are a deemed trust. So we, Eddie Lambert, who owns Sears Holdings, owns Sears Roebuck, owns Kmart, and when he acquired Sears Roebuck in 2005, got Sears Canada as well. So as an example, um, he has annuitized the pensions for Sears Roebuck retirees. Okay. He let Sears Canada go bankrupt because he stripped Sears Canada of $4 billion worth of assets. Yeah. So as two examples, he sold off all of the Toronto stores. They were the highest volume stores. He then also tried, sold off the credit arm but then tried to get back through another bank uh, the credit, uh, a credit department, which no one would give him. So I'm saying the man has destroyed, he is the ugly American, he has destroyed Sears Canada and either the federal government or the, or the provincial government have done nothing to, uh, to, to take care of this matter. Lauren Stewart, we're going to have to go, but thank you so much for explaining your situation and uh, putting a, a face, if you will, and a voice to go along with it uh, to explain just what you and others like yourself are, are going through, because for most people, if it doesn't personally affect them, uh, these are just numbers when you talk about uh, pensioners, but uh, obviously... Uh, I guess you, the you, last point I would try to and make quickly, please. Yep. Okay, is, sir. is that I am vulnerable. How can I make up 20% of my pension? I can't. At 75 years old, how am I going to go back to work? But the banks, the landlords, the mall developers have options 
to get get back their money. Pensioners don't have a way of getting back their money. Okay, Mr. Stewart, all the best to you, sir. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye now. Okay, so Marissa, as far as uh, tomorrow's event, anyone still interested, wants to take part, or wants to maybe kind of jump in uh, at some point, maybe not tomorrow, how do they go about getting in touch? They can reach out to uh, media at carp.ca and let us know if you want to partake. Okay. Very good. So we'll see how things go, and I'm sure that you'll be back with uh, updates on on this very important subject matter. Marissa SMQ from CARP, thank you. you. I'm Bob Komsik, sitting in for Libby Zneimer, and you are listening to Zuma Radio's Fight Back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.